Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a pallet sh right here. The late night flight is paid for by the following. Hello. I have three questions for you. When you're talking NBA with your white co-workers, do you say that Dallas Mavericks point guard Luka Doncic is the best player in the NBA to position yourself as non-threatening in the office? And when black people think that you talk like a white person, do you reply, hey, hey, you would too if you graduated from an HBCU. Are you Rachel Dozer? If you do or are any one of these three, then you are suffering from the contribution of white privilege. Hi, my name is Nassour Nuru, and if you are looking to go from Wayne Newton to Wayne Brady, please give us a call at 1-800-HELL-NO-CAMS. That's 1-800-HELL-NO-CAMS. Give us a call now before you turn into TV. Everybody on they Martin, everybody marching for a young nigga like me to get tsunami on it. I'ma get it, I'ma win a baby. I'll be on my curry till I crash a bird in 40 on the Yeah, I'm acting nerdy if it's at the appellation to the appellation. I'ma do whatever that they take to make a black nation. Hold on. This is the game where we are trying to find out, is this the bullshit? Future first Latina president of the United States, or at the very least, governor of New York, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, aka AOC, says that we need to pay people to stay at home to get COVID under control. Is this some bullshit? that America will not open their wallet again to help curb COVID, but expects 30 million American citizens to rebuild their wallets when we are looking to be in another statewide shutdown? Hell yeah, this some bullshit. Because America act like they don't have a money printer. What's the next question? Outlandish father and president of the Joe Jackson fan club, Big Baller Brand's very own LeVar Ball has said on a recent episode of the Endless Hustle podcast that he is not a fan of the types that come around his son. He mentions that in the game of basketball, you're not going to find anybody the same way that he found his wife because of the NBA players' fame and notoriety. These women will Google you and then make it appear knowledgeable and relatable to you, but how can you commit when you're traveling to 40 states a year? I ask you, is this some bullshit that athlete money can turn the face of a housewife into the body of a groupie? Hell yeah, when you getting $14 million a year to play 12 minutes of basketball, God, you can whoever you want to black, white, Asian, Spanish, it don't even matter at this point. And on top of that, who are these women that are getting to come to these NBA yacht parties and events anyway? Do you know who they are? Are they the lawyers of tomorrow? Probably not, because if we're, talk if we're just talking about black women, black women are too busy, you know, studying for the bar exam to be hanging out with Rajon Rondo, unless they want to hang out with Rajon Rondo. 17-year-old proud boy Cal Rittenhouse posted $2 million bond after he claimed he acted in self-defense when he gunned down two people during Jacob Blake protests in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Is it bull that you don't know his Bell's Bondsman? Yo, it is bull that I don't know his Bell Bondsman. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, where's the Bell Bondsman for the black, well, the ex-black military person who goes AWOL and starts shooting people because they're starting to dislike America's policies? I'm, that's all I'm saying, that's all I'm saying, that's all I'm saying. You believe that though? Kyle Rittenhouse? He got the f Are you believe that? I feel like he ain't, she ain't killing no black people, so it ain't, it ain't none of our business. Honey, you ain't got no more questions? Oh. Thank you. F you. Bye bye. All right, great. <laughs> Much better. Is an increase in black men voting for Trump hip hop's fault? Is it though? I mean, President Obama seems to think so. Yeah, when, when I read this from Obama, I was like, what the f is Barack talking about? Like, this is one of them things where you're like, all right, Barack, like, you, you, you gotta chill and just live out, let your legacy 
legacy rock out because to demonize hip hop, you know what I'm saying, with black men, you know what I'm saying, who who look towards hip hop, uh, you know, as the thing that we actually are prominent in, maybe one of the few industries where we're prominent and then to try and demonize it and turn it into some, you know, thing against black men and, and have us voting for Trump or whatever. The funny thing about it is, as I was reading up on it, Barack Obama was an anomaly in black men supporting uh, Democrats, right? Because typically black people vote in like 80 to 90% blocks Democratic. Right. Black men, there was a, a, a solid 20, 25% of black men who always voted or who tend to lean Republican. Right. In 2008, they shifted to start voting for Barack Obama. And then they started, you know, after Barack Obama's two terms were up, when Hillary came, they started shifting back to the Republican Party. Uh-huh. So I don't think that, you know, he was saying that, you know, because Trump, um, you know, shows all of this bling bling mentality, the womanizing, the hyper masculinity, and all of those things that, you know, the hip hop generation is uh, flocking towards him for that. You mm. know what I'm saying? Mm. That's crazy. Um, I will say this just one thing to our Dalai Lama, President Barack Obama. I'm going to just say this to you, though, Barack. One thing, though, seriously. Yo. My thing is this, though, President Obama. When you sit there and discredit, discredit rap, what you're doing is saying is, you know, and I know you're not saying it out loud, but you're basically telling America that this sort of man, this black man, this version of black man, he doesn't belong. Mm. That's not cool. And, and I'm not knocking President Obama is just the fact of the matter that, think about it, there is a rumor, there is a stigma, a theory that the black man is the worst type of gender, male or female, in this country. It gets smacked around. Some people would agree with that. Some people would not. I'm just saying it is a rumor. So when you say that, and then on top of it, we're making sure, not only are we figuring out which type of black men are voting for Trump, we're finding out that the type of black men are voting for Trump are black men that are not graduating college. So now we're really, really just pressing, you know, pressing the foot down on a certain level of black man. We don't do that with no one else in this country. But now hear me out on this, right? While I don't, I want to protect hip hop in this, mm-hmm. right? But mm-hmm. I do want to call black men into account. And Barack Obama oversimplified why black men were leaning towards Donald Trump or Republican ideals. Right. I do think that black men uh, who vote Republican against, you know, the race and and people, um, you know, how black people typically vote. Mm. One, I think that they are the same black men who... um, buy into this idea of patriarchy, right? And they don't, they don't like the fact that woman empowerment is happening and it, they feel like it's uh, something against them. So, so for the same reason that white people overwhelmingly vote Republican and white, white people overwhelmingly came out for Trump uh, in the last two elections, that is the same reason why black men are coming out because they want to keep this idea that the male is the head of the household and the male should be the breadwinner and women should be in a more uh, subjugated state of um, state of being. That's crazy. I mean, that's not smart at, at all if black men are doing that. First of all, I really hate the Democrat-Republican talk. It's like, yo, why... Don't make, I feel as though, you know what I think though, bro? Honestly, I, I think that black men are just voting for Trump. They're not voting to be a Republican. They're not voting for Republican ideal, idealisms. They are though. No, no. Remember what I just told you that Barack Obama was when they came back to Democrat. So you're telling me, so you, hold on, hold on. You're telling me that before Barack Obama, we're talking about Bush era. You're telling yeah. me that there was an increase then. 
black men voted for uh, George Bush in the same numbers that they voted for Donald Trump. Correct. That's what. Okay, I didn't know that. That that's 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 funny. I don't. I'm not that type of American. I'm still straddling the fence of Republicans and Democrats. So I don't look at Republicans or Democrats in the sense of hey, if I vote if I vote Republican, I believe that. I dislike women empowerment. I didn't know that. So I'm sorry about that. My bad. I didn't know that there was stigmatisms behind, you know, representing either party. Did not know that. I'm an independent. I don't. Well, until they make a black American party, that's just, you know, I'm independent. So with all that being said, I will say this, too, about President Obama, my man, the Dalai Lama himself. Yo, dude, remember, you're charismatic. You're the first president to ever do a mic drop. People think you're cool. You know what's funny? You know what's funny? Yeah. The next president that followed you is kind of the same thing. Just the presentation is bad. You know what I mean? Like Obama is just, you know, he's endearing, caring, you know? He's he's funny, but he's funny as in like like dad funny, you know? Like yo, this is a cool old man. Well, my father wasn't like this. Not my father. My father was sort of like this, you know? Minus the funny, he wasn't it wasn't a comedian. He was a disciplinarian, but he definitely had the same swagger. I would say that myself. But as far as Trump, he doesn't have that endearing presence. But when you out here calling COVID kung flu, I mean, listen, yo, the dude is funny. Yeah, take what you want. The dude is hilarious, and I think the fact that he's hilarious, he's lawless. He, unfortunately, I'm about to say this the way how he structures himself with women, it does have an appeal to men, period. I'm pretty sure of it. What man in this country doesn't want to live lawlessly? And he, he definitely, definitely personifies that more than anyone you've ever seen in American history, at least the last 20 years. Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a pallet right here. Is it Gucci and Jeezy's fault? that black men in Atlanta will either die from COVID or die from Magic City or die from Peachtree or probably just gun violence. Take it away. All right, so Gucci and Jeezy versus Battle happened. Um, <laughs> right? And it was real tense. Like, I, I was on social media commentating like, yo, hey, it's guns in that building. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Um, and if we know, if we know the history of Gucci and Jeezy, right? Like it's real beat. Somebody got killed behind it. Like it's like on-site type beat. So when you put black men in those environments, especially at a strip club, you know, hip hop, gangster rap, trap music, all of that is a recipe for somebody to get shot a lot of times, right? But. To our surprise, you know what I'm saying? These two gentlemen who were arch nemesis pieced it up. Yes, absolutely. They, they, they took the stance of being mature, you know what I'm saying, and ending their beef. And they're not, they're not necessarily the best of friends now, but people in Atlanta on both sides could rest a little easy knowing that I could, I could be somewhere where Jeezy is performing or Gucci is performing or both performing and not beef with the other side. I wonder, so, is it is it safe to say that beef ends at 40? I feel like most men at 40 just be like, you know what, y'all? It's whatever, y'all. I don't got no time for that. I mean, it should. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I, if you still out here after 40, shooting up bang, bang type shit, like, yeah, you're a lost cause. You know what I'm saying? You should probably either still be in jail or eventually somebody's going to take you out. So, I, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, right, right. The caveat in all this is that at the end, when they after they performed so icy, uh Gucci invited everybody to come down to the after party where both of the artists would be. Uh name of the Com- club, name of the club. Compound in Atlanta. Apparently it's a, a well-known club in Atlanta that you know people frequent a lot. And, you know, I was looking at some of the images of the club and it was like a packed crowd. And most of those people did not have masks on. 
And Jeezy did an interview with the Breakfast Club, like, yeah, I, like, because Charlamagne asked him, like, yo, did y'all really went to the club together? He was like, yeah, I went, but I got my ass up out of there a little quick because I was looking around and not enough people had masks on for me. You know what I mean? We in the second wave of COVID. Now, Atlanta been opened up back to normal pretty much since, you know, this early summer. And they're continuing that trend, but now we're in the middle of a spike. So I feel like Jeezy and Gucci might have saved some people from getting shot, but they exposed them to COVID and they might die. America, America, I want you to go to this. I want you to go to this. Uh, I guess this is a page. You can't even say go to this article. You know what I mean? But it's, it's online. Yeah, go to this online article. It's from uh, the publisher is OK Player. OKPlayer.com. I guess they're, you know, they're a hip hop blog site. I don't know. But anyway, the reason why I'm telling you to go to this is because they have an article that say, who really won? Jeezy and Gucci Mane's versus match, right? You got to see the picture of Jeezy, you know, with with, with he had his attire on. He had the, the, the black long, the long black fur, the, uh, I believe you call that the three quarter. Could have been a full length. I think it was a full length. Mm-hmm. It was a duster. Um, had the black black fur with the buckhead, the buckhead jersey number two. He got the mask on, bandana. I actually like that look. That was a dope look. Snowman, uh, snowman jewelry, whatever. Cool. Gucci, on the other hand. Now, Gucci had an outfit that looked like it was good for Sunday service and Sunday club. I didn't really catch it. Mm. It was weird. You didn't like, I don't know what you thought about his outfit. Outfit was like, uh, 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 I didn't like, really like it. You know, that's interesting because I, I feel like you, you might, you're way more fashionable than I. Like, I would probably dress like Jeezy and I would think that you would dress like how Gucci was dressed. Um, I like but, the color. I, I mean, if you if you're going to say that, which is fine, I would say that I like the color because on some like what my father would say, my father would be like, "Yo, you know, you're a you're a dark skinned male, so you want to use earth term earth tone colors, beige, brown, green. You want to use certain colors; it'll work well for you. Maroon, you, it'll work well because you you know you're a, you're a browner person. Now, with that right. being said. You don't want to put too much brown. Like, you know what I'm saying? If you're going, right. like, he 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 just basically did, like, a brown and tan. Right, right. A yeah. whole combination. Like, yo, you could have threw, like, I would have threw either, something would have been a different color somewhere. Whether it's the jeans or the, the sweater. But you ain't got to make the whole thing look tan. Like, you know what I'm saying? Now you just look like a canvas. You look crazy. But anyway, um, I ain't like that outfit too much. Um, well, but... My Facebook friends pointed out that his coat wasn't tailored. Oh, because he said he'd be tailored all the time? Like, I mean, no, I'm just saying, like, if you spent, he said he spent 10000 on an outfit. Yeah. So, you know, full-length Gucci trench coat, uh, you know, whatever, cashmere sweater, all of those things. Uh, I think he sh- if, if tailored, it should have been a tailored look if that, if it, that was going to be that expensive of an outfit. Okay, that's cool. The picture that I that I was wanting to talk about that was in the article, it's a dude behind Gucci rolling up the weed, though. Mm. He's in a Givenchy sweatshirt rolling up the weed. So I guess I kind of feel where Jeezy coming from. It's like, yo, it's just looking like too normal in here for me. I got a dope wife. I need to go home. I'm good. Word. But that was funny. But real fast, if I may, I just want to clown the beautiful disaster that was this versus match. Okay. So number one, 1.8 million people turned tuned in to watch this. That's amazing. 1.8 million people, 1.8 million people, about 600 uh, black operated YouTube channels had the stream on private, you know, on private on pirate, you know, they basically pirating that. Shit, you know what I'm saying? And so I basically watched this on YouTube, right? And all I saw was two big ass chairs as if you was about to go to a gender reveal party. So I'm like, hold on, they about to sit on this shit? Oh my God, this is about to be corny as hell. And then they get on stage, and I just want to say this, even though some people would say Jeezy won, and I'm going to get into why, as a hip-hop artist, I'm like, it's kind of hard to say anybody won. It's kind of like a WWE match where it was a, it was a, 
a double disqualification because it was a no count out, but the match was actually pretty good. It was just a screwy finish. One of those type of deals. That's what I saw in this versus because I ain't going to lie to you. Gucci crawled up to my number 21 best rapper of all time list when he went in there and said, fuck it, I'm taking shots at you, Jeezy, from the rip. I said, God, Jeezy, this is what I'm talking. I mean, Jeezy, God, Gucci, this is what I'm talking about. Gucci went in there, tried to wild on Jeezy. That was funny. And then the fact that I'm, I'm reading articles that want to sit there and give rounds to Jeezy just for playing old music, I'm thinking to my mind, I said, this is not a versus battle anymore. This is a rap performance battle. And doesn't LL Cool J have a show for that, Hanif? Doesn't he? I guess. Didn't he have a show on TBS where it was her, him, her. <laughs> it was him and John Legend's wife. Then they have a show where, like the, the like movie stars would go and do like a lips lip sync battle. Oh, okay, okay, I remember. They yeah. did lip sync battle, but the lip sync battle would have like it would be like a you know a a I said Oscar a Grammy award stage performance type of vibe going on though. Yeah, but Versus was created in that vein to to uh, battle catalogs. Right, but you got two, but you got two hammer. Though you ain't got no rappers. No disrespect to neither one. Don't give me... And I like Gucci as a rapper more than I like Jeezy as a rapper. But I'm just saying that they are they are playing more rap performance. They're being... I'm about to be funny because I want to make the point. I want to drive it home. They're more Vanilla Ice than Eminem. And I'd rather have an Eminem on a versus than a Vanilla Ice. That's my point with that. You know? Man, like uh, that's that's a wild reach. I feel like. Oh, that's fine. I, I I'll use I'll use someone black. I'd rather have a Nas versus a Andre three thousand than a MC Hammer versus Chingy. No, this is not. See, this is trap music. This is this is in in the respective uh, subgenre of hip hop known as trap. Music. Well, I say subgenre. It's it's a genre. It's, I feel you though. I feel you. I didn't want to disrespect trap because trap is dope. Trap is dope. Yeah. But if you if you rank Jeezy and Gucci in that subgenre, I think they are top five track rappers. They are absolutely, absolutely. You can't, you can't diminish them to, and we could we could have a conversation another day about Hammer and his appeal and relevance. But you can't deduce them to that. And they're they're well respected in that specific. No, genre. I'm not. Oh no, no. I'm sorry. I I don't want you to think that I'm trying to reduce them. I, no, I look at them as rap entertainers, not rap artists. Mm. That's how I look. I'm sorry. That's just what it is. I mean, hold up, time out. So, what do you look at Future versus a Kendrick Lamar? Like one is a rapper and the other one is a rap performer. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but but when you. Uh, and I get that, but that's in the whole of hip hop. But when you break it down into a versus battle, you're not going to pit Future against Kendrick Lamar. They're not in the same stratosphere in terms of the type of music that they make. So you would put Kendrick with J. Cole or right. Huawei or somebody in that vein. This was definitely a good match. I agree with that. It's a good match as far as, you know, as far as tail of the tape. They're the same type of artist. Sort of, for the most part. No, they are the same. They're, they're, they're the same type of. They're the same type of rapper. I think one is better. I think Gucci's better. But Jeezy, excuse me, Jeezy had the better career so yeah. far. I would say that he had more success. You know, right. but Gucci's hot right now. But but Jeezy had you know a lot of success in the mid two thousands. No conversation about that. And he's one hell of a performer. However, I'm just saying that um, for these type of rap acts. They don't need to have the gender reveal chairs at Magic City. Like you, they need to perform. Like give them a real stage and let them act up a little bit. That's all I'm saying. You, they look like they was at a rap showcase where I used to perform at. That was strategic so that they didn't invite. They oh, that's that what that big, was. They had that big gap in the middle of the stage so that nobody ran up on each other, and it was like you would have had to run off the stage and around to try and do something. Or jump over that gap, and I think that was that was deliberate. Well, I think Gucci won only because he actually made a song dissing Jeezy. Like it was a that was a real battle. It was a real versus for me right there at that moment of time. You know, if we're just talking about classic songs, I mean, Jeezy had more Billboard hits than Gucci. That's not even a conversation. 
can I can I speak to something real quick? I'm gonna try and make it quick, but it, we I feel like we need to have this conversation because of the intensity of that beat, right? And the fact that Gucci was there and he was straight shooting, right? He put up his diss song um, when he played the truth, which was like the scathing diss song after um, Jeezy's uh, homie got killed after he killed. Jeezy's homie or whatever. Right. And he said, yo, go dig your partner up. <laughs> like, this is this is a, a, a pivotal moment in that this is where somebody starts shooting or somebody starts fighting when those words are spoken, right? Because it's like the ultimate disrespect at that point. That's true. That's true. Right? So Jeezy made a decision to, you know, take the high road and not, you know, engage, right? So when he spoke back and he, and he had his little conversation, he disarmed Gucci in a way. It was like, all right, maybe I gotta, I gotta look at this a little bit differently, right? And I think that needs to be spoken to because when you go back to the hood and you start talking to people, everybody's on the tip, or a lot of people are on the tip, like that. That be forever. I would never be in the room with him. We can't have a conversation. It's on site forever, on both ends. And like we spoke to earlier at 40, it's some things that shifting. He was like, all right, I got to calm this down. I got to be the bigger person. I got to be mature. Now, what I'm noticing, though, is a lot of women are taking the stance that that should not happen. Like that, that truth should not happen, that these men should be beefing. And if, if it was them, it would still be some gang or some shoot them up and I'm like yo when you look at the hood and what goes on the majority of people who getting killed by gun violence and you know murder and all of that is black men right women don't women don't settle their beef with guns women don't kill each other on a large scale so for women to sit here and talk about yo we gotta you gotta keep that that same energy and all of that I feel like that's a large part of the reason where black men be getting killed because you can't you can't take an L or you can't appear quote unquote weak in a situation without a woman coming behind you like yo nah f- that you got to do something and then it, it it feeds into the ego and then you go out and you do something and then it creates this continuous cycle. Now it's not all women's fault, but I just find it fascinating that a lot of women take that stance. And then you wonder why Jeezy is dating an Asian American woman on Fox Five right now. <laughs> Can we all fault hip hop for poor marital status in the black community? What the? F- <laughs> um. So I came up with this question because I was reading up on the statistics of uh, marriage amongst black people. Had somebody had posed a question on Facebook, or they they made a statement saying that, you know, black women aren't, they use the word bread, aren't bred for marriage. And what? Somebody came on and corrected it and said, uh, marriage isn't emphasized in black American culture. What? Right? And, you know, it got me to thinking and it got me doing some, some research. So when I looked at it, right, you know, the black marriage amongst black people are at an all-time low. You know what I'm saying? I think it's like 33% of uh, black people in our generation or age group are married. The rest of us are, you know, cohabitating or some other form of... If I I may, though, there are statistics that America as a whole are going down as far as uh, marriage as well, though. Just want to put that out there. I think it's more of a generational thing where people are probably waiting till they're about 37, 38, 39 to get married. People want to make sure that they have their life in order, finances in some type of order, you know, because let's be honest, no romance without finance. But continue. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, you know, and I did a little poll on, on Facebook where, you know, I was asking people if they saw marriage as a possibility or an inevitability. And the majority of the people said that marriage was a possibility, right? Meaning that I will get married if the situation presents itself. Like you said, if 
finances are in order, I, I accomplish the things that I want to accomplish and it makes sense, then I would get married. Whereas I feel like a lot of other cultures put marriage higher on their lists of accomplishments in life. And it's like, I know that I'm going to get married. So my life is moving towards that. And hip hop and where hip hop comes in is like when you think about it in terms of how women are depicted and, you know, what it is that we see in a woman that we would consider a wife. And you look at some of the men, the, the, the marriages that our favorite rappers have and, and why they chose to do so. Right. So in, I don't know if it's just American culture in general. I, I, I think it's black American culture and black American culture in general. Right. We typically don't marry the woman that we lust at. Right. So you're not going to marry a woman that you see in the videos with, you know, a bunch of tattoos or, uh, you know, their bodies are voluptuous, they're strippers, you know what I'm saying? And they're considered what's called a whatever. Right. You're going to marry somebody or uh, find a woman that's a lot more subdued, who you feel is unattainable, who you feel hasn't dealt with a lot of other people in that industry who has a more pure purity sort of personality, right? So you look at Hove and Beyonce, right? Beyonce is like a prim and proper princess, right? You never heard rumors about Beyonce doing all types of crazy stuff in the industry. Jay-Z snatched her up. Now in Jay-Z's ascension, I don't know that you can tell me that Jay-Z hasn't met other women throughout his ascension that didn't meet that criteria. I think, right? well, just to, not to cut you off, but I would say to Jay-Z's credit, he was not an artist in the media with new women every month just showing off that he can do that. Mm-hmm. He was very, uh, he kept that very cloaked, very, uh, you know, very closeted, not to use that type of term, but I'm just being honest. He right. did not let the media know about his, uh, you know, status, relationship status, period. Right. Um, that was a benefit for him. And, and all right, so let's let's talk about Jeezy, right? And because and, I'm, I'm hearing a lot about Jeezy and having an Asian wife and people feeling like, you know, in, G, in Jeezy's ascension, because what happens is Jeezy is going through a transformation or he has undergone a transformation where he went from the straight hood dude street, drug dealer, all that type of per- persona. So now he's like Jeezy St. Patrick, where he's wearing the suits and he's, you know, showing up to uh, events with Joe Biden. Right. So if we, we compare that to Gucci, Gucci is married to a black woman. You know what I'm saying? Who is one of those like model, uh, video model type, you know, woman, but I, Video I, vixen turned businesswoman. I'll, I'll I'll give it to her. She's definitely I, an entrepreneur. I would I would venture to say that it's highly unlikely that you would see Gucci at a Joe Biden event, right? And I feel like in that culture of putting women on a pedestal and women that you feel like you could present in certain spaces. So as Jeezy ascends. And he feels like he's in a room with more white faces. He is not comfortable with bringing a black woman that might be voluptuous or, you know, might present as less than fair in those spaces. And I think that's what happens with a lot of black men as they're growing up and they're getting into these rooms where it's less and less black people and black women aren't accepted in these spaces, they tend to gravitate towards women of other races in order to, to meet, meet the standards of those rooms. What about the black men that are not celebrities and especially rap celebrities? Because I think there's a, that's, that's, that's critical too. I mean, think about that. We're talking about Lil Wayne, Gucci Man. Like, you really want that on NBC News all the time? Really? That's what you want? Right. All right, come on, man, please. Like, but I feel like it's the same because I, I looked up a statistic that showed that, you know, the, the amount of the statistics of black men that are married to non-black women 
are in line with the statistics of black men that vote Republican. So I did tell you, I did tell you earlier that Steve Smith, former NFL player Steve Smith, married his his woman, who is uh, you know, a Caucasian woman, nice looking Caucasian woman. Um in Utah, by the way, because he went to the school of Utah. So, you know, basically he's probably like one of the only 18 black people that are in Utah at that moment in time. And for all we know, that woman could have been the daughter of the person, the family that owns Utah. We don't know how that go. We don't know how that go. We're talking about someone from a hood that just basically went, just walked into a, a land of affluence and said, you know what? This is OK. But I'm sorry. Continue, though, honey. Because I, I don't, I feel like that's more of an exception, not the rule type of thing. What, right, what, right, right, right. What you have happening is, right, as black men, as black men, we from from birth through school, we are in predominantly black spaces for the most part. Yeah. Now, a, a black kid that grows up in the suburbs and is around pretty much all white people. That's a little more understanding if they end up marrying a white person because it's kind of like all they know and what they've been exposed to. But for black people to come from predominantly black spaces and go throughout their life with women and engaging with black women, you can't tell me that once you start to get rich or once you start to get some affluence that you can't find any black woman that you could relate to, that you could deem worthy to, to marry. Not when you up in strip clubs, no. Because you got the money. You're not even worried about looking for a good woman. You're looking for a good time. And that, and that's where, where the question comes from. So then is this hip-hop contributing to what we look at? Because I feel like... I would say no. That would say money contributing. But I'm sorry. Continue though. My bad, my bad, my bad. I feel like a woman is a woman, right? And if you relate to this woman in a way, and, and what, what would happen is... I've had conversations with strippers right. that, you know, felt like, yo, this is a cool person. This is somebody who understands what, what they're going through in life and they know what they want and they are intelligent, caring, and they have qualities that right. appeal to people, to men in marriage. Right. But the outside visual of me taking a stripper to my mom or taking her home and people knowing that she was a dancer eliminates her from being marriage material. And I think that's where the problem is. I don't think that's that big of a problem. I mean, let's be honest. The the other half of that story with dancers are that they still would want to be dancers. If you look up and I'm going to say it like that, I'm just saying it for everybody. I'm not trying to be funny, like just for a woman. I'm just using the term to be funny. If you look up with someone that is making an an extension, uh, extension, just more money than you, okay? If you meet someone that's doing that, like on a whole other tax bracket, all right? And think about it. You're doing something that does not get that type of, it gets a certain type of appease, but it's not mainstream. It's mainstream because everyone knows about it, but it's not, it's, it's frowned upon. Let's just put it like that. Mm-hmm. Not the practice of dancing, but me dating a dancer, like me actually taking a full-time stripper seriously as a, as my, you know, exclusive girlfriend. That would, let's be honest, that would be silly. I'm going to sit here and wife up a woman whose profession is getting felt up by men. No. So what that go, so the reason, okay, the point I'm making with all that is, okay, I meet you, you're a dancer. Okay, you seem to be a dope person. That's fine. But let's be for real. If you're going to start meeting family members and we start getting exclusive, that's going to have to slow down. Now, now don't get me wrong. I can't say that out loud because what can she hit you with? You met me like this. Mm-hmm. Now that's a, you know what I mean? Now that's an argument. But what makes you think I'm going to sit here and take you seriously on another level when you're not willing to give up something that in America's eyes, in the world's eyes, looks not, I don't want to call it shady. It's more of, it's, it's sex worker. Let's just keep it real. Like a right. sex worker, like if you're going to be a sex worker, there has to be drop-offs. Like in life, for, for football players, if you're going to be the best football player in, on earth, there's a very great chance that you may not be the best father in the world because you're spending so much time doing something else. In this case, you know what I'm saying? 
someone's asking you to be a wife. Now, that doesn't mean I may not ask you to be wholesome, at least, you know, to me. <laughs> but, I mean, do I want you to be shaking your on other men for the duration of my life with you? That's a question. Now, me, I'm going to say no. Somebody else may say yes. But I'm just saying, it's like that, especially if you're a millionaire and you're making money, you can, you know, in your mind, based on your salary, you can bag 15 women a day. No problem. Why would it, why would you want to go through that? I think that's, therein lies the problem. You know what I'm saying? Because one, I, I, women who are exotic dancers, Mm -hmm. um, they don't, and it's not a long-term goal of theirs. Right. And I think women who end up. So they say. Being exotic dancers for a long time, get caught in poor money management or, you know, just not even poor money management. I want to say that, you know, there's a system in play, like a, a peonage system. It's like they're sharecroppers because when they go in, they got to pay the house. They got to pay the DJ. They got to pay the house mom. They got to pay all of these fees that take away from the actual tips that they get from men, right? So that glamorous lifestyle of them making all of this money is not much. So it's like, by the time I get my check at the end of the night and I got to pay my bills at home and do all of this, I don't really have that much money. So I got to keep doing this every day, day in and day out. And I can't get out of this trap. Until you meet James Harden, right? Until you meet James Harden. So say, for instance, you meet James Harden, but you want to... You want to uh, continue your be, profession. You, yeah, you you don't necessarily want to be to completely reliant on him financially, right? Mm-hmm. And you want to out. But I feel like in a relationship, that's your job as a partner to be like, listen, what are your goals? How can we help each other reach our goals? And if she doesn't want to continue to be a dancer, let's figure out a way that we can transition her away from that. But don't just immediately discount her as wifey material because she's an exotic dancer. Okay, I'm with you on that. It's just that it seems as if, and I'm only going through the biblical chapters of Drake, okay? Because in the book of Drake, Drake has always tried to turn a stripper into a good woman based on his scriptures, not mine, his. Mm -hmm. And he's failed every time. So, Based on the guidelines in the book of Drake, thou shalt not wife a stripper because it seems as if you can never get to the next level with them. Yeah, that's something um, Drake has to work on. What? I think he <laughs> asked God in the book of Drake, can you, you know, help me change this woman or have this woman at least see some things that he's looking at, you know? And God's like, what are you talking about? This is a grown woman. She can do whatever she want. And, you know, this is what happens. Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a poly right here. Is it rappers' fault that black women suffer from body image issues? With that wet So I was speaking of wet I was listening to Meg Thee Stallion's latest release uh, called Good News. Um, oh, I thought it was called short stay. Keep going. So, yeah, I like the. I understand, you know, women in hip hop. And right now, I feel like women are kind of some of the top acts in hip hop at this point. So I'm listening to the album just to kind of get a feel and see what's going on. And I understand Megan's rap. So I don't listen to it the same way that I listen to other rap. I'm not listening to it for you know, catchy punchlines that I'm going to pull out and use as captions. I'm not listening to it to learn the words so I can rap along. I just want to hear the woman's perspective or I want to listen to it in a way where I can envision a woman that I'm dealing with listening to it and twerking in front of me. I will say this about Megan Thee Stallion. She does, she does, um, how can I say this? She does, I don't want to call it rap. I want to try to call it a little more classier. She does pro rap very well. Right. Pro rap very well. Maybe not the best I've ever heard in my life. Not better than Kim, but I mean, it's for, for modern day rap, it's pretty good. I'm sorry, continue. So in listening to this rap, right, in listening to this album, I'm, I'm you know, at home, at work, and I got the joint playing throughout, the, throughout my apartment, and I'm listening, and I'm like, yo, every song... You know what I'm saying? She's talking about what a huge 
or, you know, that, you know, got money, a whole bunch of bread and who's this. And I'm thinking to myself, like, yo, I'm, I'm starting to feel a little subconscious about, <laughs> about my body type. Like, yo, like, you know what I'm saying? As a man, we typically kind of be with, with whatever, you know what I'm saying? You might work out, you might, you, you got your uh, way that you approach women or whatever. But I started to think like, I wonder, is this how women feel when, rap, when, when rappers always talk about having a woman with a fat ass? How does a woman who doesn't have a fat ass feel in that situation, right? Mm. Um, uh. How does a man, when a woman talks about being, you know, looking for a man that has like these crazy abs and this whole model type look, do men ever feel subconscious about their bodies in that respect? And is rap contributing to that? Or is that just like a, you know, Instagram thing or just a, a human thing in, in consumer entertainment? Yo, do you know, right? Do you know? As a short person, do you know that any time I show confidence, I show a sense of brute, a sense of brolic, a sense of positivity. Do you know I get labeled as someone that has the Napoleon complex? Mm-hmm. Now, check me out with this. Do you know, honey, that the Napoleon complex is not a real thing? Did you know that? Did you know that the British army, after they defeated Napoleon, after Napoleon died, not that he died in battle, just saying he died of old age, when he died, and the British, you know, because they're great with their linguistics, they created a ruse, a rumor that short people get mad and blah, 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 blah. Short people will act like this as a, a punchline for Napoleon. Right. This is a real thing. So all my life as a short person, if I ever show somebody that I'm smarter than them, if I ever show somebody that I am one up on them, just because they're a couple inches taller than me, I have to humble myself still. I can't even be a normal person without somebody saying I have a complex. So a tall person can be mad and they can just be mad. If I'm mad, I have a complex. What you mad for, a little? Um. So the point I'm making with all that, though, my bad. He's like, oh, my bad. But the point I'm making, the point I'm making is that, you know, I always want to do something about it. Just because I get tired of people saying something about it. You know what I mean? It's like, yo, I work out hard. You know what I mean? I develop my skills that, you know, that's, you know, my, my intangibles. I, I, I try to redevelop what humility is in my eyes, you know? And I try to, you know, look myself in the mirror. If I'm making faults, try to, you know, rectify them, alleviate those problems. Still try my best to be as good of a person, good of a man. Well, I won't say good of a person, be honest. Good of a man as I possibly can out here on these streets. That's just me. You know what I'm saying? But however, it doesn't erase some things. Like, y'all went to a party last night. Me and my homegirl who has a podcast. I go here to this spot and I realize four grown women, like, you know, definitely over 40, you know, but they had that woman weight. So I'm like, I'm in a good place right now. And they were just like, oh my God, you just, you look so like, you know, delighted to be here. I just got a big smile. Like, I'm good, you know. They were speaking to me. But realize, though, bro, I was definitely maybe the shortest person in that room. Mm. And I wondered to myself, like, as I'm, you know, I'm older now, and I'm like, yo, hmm. Should I, should I feel some type of way that these funny-looking dudes are getting some play because they're three inches taller than me when I just got a bunch of milfs running around just acting like they wanted to take me to lunch or some Right. I don't know, but I can't, but the only thing I can do about it, if I'm going to sit here and say I'm being humble or being, you know, showing some type of humility is just take it in stride. But let me tell you something. When I get home, I do get mad. I think about those things because, yo, it's like, I'm not born six foot three. So, so in a woman's eyes, think about that. In a woman's eyes, the taller you are, they think the more endowed you are. So it's like, you got even got you got to deal with tropes too, just because, you know what I mean? So it's so much to go with it, but I don't think, like, for me, 
rap didn't do that. Like, I didn't like uh, that Ski Low song. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I didn't like that so much more just because they try to exploit my height. And that's another thing about hip hop, too. Like, hip hop is exploitation. It Like, that's what it's supposed to do. It exploits what they see in real life. The reason why these new trap artists talk about Molly Percocets and just, you know, running up a check, because that's all they know. It's like, okay, I got my McDonald's check. I got my Amazon check. I'm going to buy me some perks. I'm going to buy me some ease. And I'm going to go run a check up real fast, because that's what we do out here. Yeah. And it is what it is. Like, that's just, it's a rock star life. That's just what people like to do now. I mean, I ain't into no popping no pills, but I mean, if you got an eighth, you know what I'm saying, please swing by. We could do an episode of the Late Night Flight ASAP, you know what I mean? Right. And I, I think a part of being a hip-hop listener, you know, in certain ways, because Jay-Z, you know, talked about it in an interview where he was saying the stuff that he says in his rap, right, it sounds like he's talking to the listener. So when he's calling somebody broke or saying, you can't do the stuff that I do, naturally you would think it would offend people but from a listener's perspective you're putting yourself in jay-z's shoes when you listen and when he's talking about that ball and shit and all of that he's talking to everybody except you right but say for instance a megan the stallion is like i'm five nine and i ain't that's less than six feet you know what i'm saying with a 12 inch do men that aren't six feet and don't aren't as endowed as that have a right to be insecure in that? Now when she getting shot by five foot? No, I'm fine. Please, I don't want none of that. She can shut the fuck up. Okay, okay, Megan. Okay, okay, Megan. Okay, fine. We'll end it there, but okay, Megan. Fellas, if you've ever found yourself struggling with the right words to say to your woman, if she ever questioned why you were a grown man on a third grade reading level, if she ever said the reason why she cheated was because you don't know how to communicate, I'm here to help. I'm going to give you the words that will mesmerize your queen and have her questioning her inability to see you for the king that you are. This segment in our program is called Say Don't Say with your relationship guru. Hanif Solo. Don't say, can you buy me a PlayStation 5? Say, in order for me to be a better man, I have to revisit the areas of my childhood that were most traumatizing and make peace. The catalyst to my ascension can be found in Matin 21. Please invest $500 in my healing, and in return, I will give you a globe that symbolizes the world. Don't say, where's my dinner? Say, Cooking is a love spell, and the intention you put in each ingredient nourishes my mind, body, and spirit and draws me ever closer to you. Your mac and cheese is a casserole of warmth, passion, and adoration. That melted assortment of cheddar is a metaphor of how you melt my heart. Don't say, I think I'm falling in love with you. Say, I've pinpointed the areas of myself in which you pour into me. I receive it and would like to do the same for you as long as it's mutually beneficial to both of us. Don't say, bust it open for a real n-. Say, I'm craving intimacy and the only way I currently know how to express it is physically. Say, don't say. say. Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a palace right here. Whose fault is it that modern-day relationships don't last, men or women? Mm. Whose fault is it that modern-day relationships don't last, men or women? Um, my lawyer self won't allow for me to answer that question directly, but... I can give you some context of what I'm thinking. Yeah, what are you thinking? Because I don't, I don't know what a modern day relationship is compared to a back in the day relationship. So there's a, a lot of talk about how you know maybe our parents and grandparents lived and how their relationships were. You know what I'm saying? Like you grew up where your parents was married. Um, my parents were married, but you know they they eventually did break up. Um, your parents did the, that 
death do you part? You know what I'm saying? And as far as we know, they would probably still be together. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I think it's a generational thing. Your parents are a little older than my parents. Um, and I feel like in today's time, we're getting married less. We're staying together um, either in like these, these uh, cohabitation situations or we are showing that a lot more women are choosing to be single or a lot more men are choosing to be single and not get married because they don't see the benefits. In it. So I was reading something that was saying that, you know, men don't see the value in marriage anymore because men tend to, to lose everything when it comes to marriage. It's like, okay, I'm going to get into this marriage. And if it doesn't work, I could potentially lose half of everything that I accumulated. And it's all, it, it typically tips in a woman's favor. So it's like, why even bother at that point? Right. Then women are like, well, I'm doing better than men financially and making my own money and living my life how I want it on my terms. So why even bother with marriage? So which is it both contributing to why we're not getting married or one or the other? See, I don't look at this as a fault. I look at this as a revelation. Mm -hmm. Open your eyes, America, and realize that a marriage, a marriage, in my opinion, I'll be and I'll be I'll be honest, I'm still on the side of marriage. I think I think a monogamous relationship is great. I really do. I really, really do. I'm not even gonna say a lot of you. I really do believe in that. Here's the issue. I have, me personally, those two great people that you have described as my parents, you know, unfortunately, and, you know, they're still the, the dopest to me. I have nothing against them. You know, they didn't teach me necessarily, hey, you need to be whatever you it is you want to be and then get the girl, get the woman of your dreams. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. You right. know, I mean, they have watched me act like I was, you know, the third coming of Mace in my high school years, you know? Mm. Just running women up and in and out the house on couches and in and out of bedrooms on couches and out the houses and whatnot. So I get that, you know, where, you know, not I get that, but, you know, I didn't, I didn't get that, that lesson. I wish I did, you know, because I think that's a, that's a, that's the realest thing about a marriage is, you just want to be correct. You want, especially as a man, where realistically, you want to feel value. You want to have the respect. This is going to sound ugly. And yes, it is an opinion, but it's a strong opinion. It's almost a fact, but no one really wants to say it out loud because it almost sounds ugly. But let's just say it's a strong opinion. Men, you want to make as much money as you possibly can because you do want to make more money than a woman. Mm-hmm. You, you just do. You do. You do. Don't say that you don't. You do. Okay? You do. Shut up. It's not okay. Don't listen. Don't say it's not okay. It's not okay. Okay? Trust me. As a man who made less than his last girlfriend. And let me tell you something. I'm pretty sure she still care about me. You know? You know? I left too. You know? Like, look. Mm-mm, this ain't gonna work. You know why? Because I need to make more money than you. And I just don't. And it's fine. So I want to make more. Here, Here's... My take on that, right? Because I feel, I feel like as men, we have to, I agree, men have to make as money, much money as they possibly can. But we have to also come to grips with the reality that our women are probably going to out-earn us. No, see, see, I disagree with that. It's not about who out-earning who. I, now, now, don't get me wrong. This is... What I'm about to say has nothing to do with the growth of women. This is not about women at all. Mm. Women can continue, continuously grow exponentially. Continue, please. This is not about you. This is not about you right now. Women can continue to grow. Men have to grow. That's what I'm talking about. Let me reframe what I'm saying. Okay, I'm sorry. men, Men have to learn how to show up in ways that are other than financial. So then that, that way it doesn't necessarily matter who's the breadwinner. A man can still feel like he's the man 
he can still be the leader. He can still, you know, embody all the things that men embody. And money isn't the the primary thing that that creates that for him. No, you what? You know what? You're right about that. But here's the issue with that. Not the issue, but here's the here's the 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 variable about that. Every man is not going to have four or five different skill sets that's going to appease to this one woman. And maybe this woman may not even care about these other five, four skill sets because the financial is the one set that they really, really like. I'm just saying, my man, like, yo, I know how to change a tire, a light bulb. I'm like, I could do a lot of different things, bro. I'm single. Okay. All right. (laughs) And this is the thing about, you know, why when we are in competition, it causes problems, right? Because for one, if we're in a, in a situation or a relationship where we both absolutely have to work in order to make ends meet and we're just basically getting by right. with it, right? That's, that's a problematic. I think in those situations, we should reevaluate even if we're ready to be in a relationship at that point. And so we can get to a point where it's like, we can comfortably live together, right? And then once you're comfortable and you have your basic needs met and it's like, whether we lose any income or gain any income, we're at least at the very least, we're going to be able to pay our rent, feed our children and, you know, live a decent life in that situation. Right. No matter how much money the woman is making, men and women need to come together with a plan like, OK, I'm the man. I'm going to hold down the financial aspect of this relationship, even though you make more money. I'm going to be the one that pays the rent, pays the bills and covers that aspect. Right. But that does not mean that you as the woman get to go out and buy Chanel bags and take girl trips with your friends and, you know, splurge on this, this expensive wardrobe. What that means is that you now have to put your money towards a future where our money grows to a point where we don't necessarily need to work anymore. And then we're starting to build. So it's like, all right, now we got investment properties, we got investment income, and now our money is working for us. So now there's no breadwinner because our collective contribution to this relationship is the breadwinner. So what you basically did was you gave a synopsis without saying it out loud. You gave us a a synopsis of two professional people. You know what I mean? That makes at least over $45,000. Doesn't matter who makes more or not. Just two people. Who make more than forty five thousand with a five year plan? That's what you basically just made a synopsis of, and everybody's yeah. and everybody's not like that. And I'm fine, but but don't get me wrong, I'm with you on that though. I'm with you on I'm with you on the evolution of what that relationship should be, but it does it goes back. But we're going back. I want to go. Well, I don't want to go back, but I thought we were talking about. The fact of the modern, I mean, who's at fault at the modern day relationship? Because that is how a great relationship can go. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm a teacher. She's a teacher from another town, or maybe I'm a teacher from another town. It don't matter. It could be from the same town. It could be from the same school. It don't matter, but we just like each other. Yeah. And we talk in this talk, and we find out that, yo, we both like radio in some type of form of fashion. And what we want, but what we want to do is, I'm just making jokes and shit. Maybe we want to start our OnlyFans. I'm just being funny. Right. And we start our OnlyFans, and she wants to teach on the OnlyFans, but she wants to teach in bathing suits and things of that nature, whatever the case may be. And I'm the producer. I am. I am editing this. <laughs> but we putting together a business, though. We putting together a business, though. Right. You feel right. me? We putting together a business. You know what I'm saying? She's not a stripper. She's not a stripper. She is an OnlyFans entertainer. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. <laughs> So we put in this, we put in this business together, and then all of a sudden, people are giving us twenty dollars a month to subscribe. Okay, God, right? So now all of a sudden, we made four hundred thousand dollars a year, right? <laughs> together, there's no breadwinner now, right? Yeah, we made it together. But see, and that's I think that's a part of, and and, and this is a greater conversation. Because I don't, I technically don't know that it's anybody's fault. It could be just our culture's fault. It could be society and how we view things. But in a relationship, it's about being in partnership with one another. And I think there's a heavy emphasis on love and romance in relationships that actually contribute to why relationships don't work. 
because we don't put emphasis on the practicalities that need to be involved in, you know, do you, do you like to wash dishes? Are you a person that just throws your clothes on the floor? Things that come about that's going to be these small annoyances to us that over time is going to have us like, oh, I don't even really like this person. Parents got to do that. Parents got to do that. Because you know what's so funny, yo? I remember when you called me bougie, right? Now, it's nothing wrong, America. This is this is my best friend. This is my man. He good, he good, he good. He can call me a lot of different things. I ain't going to get too mad at him. <laughs> so, so one day, right? This is a long, this is not long. It's a long time ago. It's years ago. It's like four or five years ago. It's some small whatever. Um, I asked, I asked him, could he take me to shop right, right? So he like, all right, no problem. You know, so I said, I give him gas money, whatever the case may be. You know, he ain't had to. He just said, no problem. I got you. So we on our way to shop right now. Mind you, we in Essex County, New Jersey at the time. So he's going to go to the shop right in East Orange. So I'm like, ho, 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 ho. I don't go here. I go to the one in Kearney. So he was like, yo, what kind of bougie is this? You know, like, no problem. Just let me know about myself. That's what he do. He undressed me. No problem. No St. Paul's. He don't do it like that. But you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, well, you know what, yo? I guess you're going to have to blame grandma. Now, I had to put grandma in there because he loved grandma. He has a deep affection for grandma. So he can't even go against the grain if I have to put the grandma card. I'm like, well, grandma go to Kearney and that's how I know because it's alert behavior. You know what I'm saying? My grandmother, my mother goes to the one in Kearney. So, you know, I'm going to the shop right in Kearney. I'm not here to say which one is better or not. This is just the one that I go to. So the point that I'm making is maybe we're not being taught to say to to, to think like that when we meet the opposite sex. If you're going to meet a good girl, Nasor, you know, make sure, you know, she irons her clothes. <laughs> hey, yo, what the f***? This is a pallet right here. 